Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team all right here we go mcfarland mcfarland energy thanks so much once again for not only sponsoring the bradfoe show but helping us be boots on the ground in san diego for the winter meetings it was a it was a productive time it was a good time it was an eventful time and there's nothing that punctuates a trip to san diego like getting ready to get on the plane and then seeing that the iconic player which you've covered all these years that you spent all this time and energy, not only in terms of the last 10 years, but also really the last two days, everything was focused on and while you're standing in the hotel lobby, Xander Bogarts, you get the notification, boom, he's going to San Diego. Going to San Diego. Coop, he's going to San Diego. Um, you're, you've got too much energy for me this morning. Oh, uh, listen. Especially for someone that's been on a red eye, like, it's fake energy. It's it's uh, it's it's you know how that is. You like I'm I'm emptying the tank. Ooh. Just empty, emptying the tank, and then right. like, go hibernate for the rest of winter. Winter uh, meetings are done. There's uh, nothing else. I like. I don't know. I, I don't. I really don't know where the Red Sox go from here. That's like a genuine. Obviously, like Carlos Correa would probably be your next big fish to get probably not going to get him seeing as how things went with Sander. Like you're unable to touch 200 million. Um, so Dansby is Dansby the next answer. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> I want you to be mad. You'd be mad. You want me Let to, do you want off. me, do you want me to go full scorched earth? Yeah. I think Heim Bloom should be fired like that. Like heart of heart. Like I, like I was someone that like all year I stuck by it. I was just like, Hey, like, we gave up Mookie Betts when he first came in the door. We have to stick through and see what he can do, especially with all these uh, like all these veterans or not veterans. Sorry, all these prospects that he's bringing in and he did improve the farm system. That's awesome. I'm not going to go out to Worcester. I'm not going to go out to Portland. I'm not going to go down to Greenville to watch prospects like that. Like, it's awesome that they have that now. They're, you're not doing anything with it. And he told you straight to your face right after he didn't have any clue where a banner in the park was. He said it was below you. It's above you. Know, know the goddamn park. Um, I know. Like, like I'm seriously like. I'm, like the banner. You no. Know, I mean, like, that's, that's a fan thing. Like, I don't want to derail you. Go. Continue your. Yeah. Your no. I mean, like, this is like, this is Allison and Cambridge type stuff right now. Like, I, at, at the heart, I say it all the time. I'm a dumb fan. But I also understand that, like. 
I don't know. You're you're probably not going to sign Devers now. Devers already put out his IG post that he's sad. You got to hand him the bag, and every indication right now is you aren't going to hand him the bag because that's just the way Heimblum operates. He wants to do his short-term deals. He wants to get his diamonds in the rough. So far, it hasn't worked out for him. Probably will, never will. Like he he is going to leave Boston with a bad taste in everyone's mouth. Like I I honestly don't think history is going to remember him kindly. But like back, I got derailed a little bit there. Back to the point when he was talking to you, what were the words that he said? He said, we have more room to operate. He said that they have a little bit more footing now that like they had that Mookie Betts deal to actually go out and spend. And what didn't they do yesterday, Rob? Spend. They didn't spend. They didn't spend. They like the AABs like, and listen, listen, like, I understand. $500 million contract. They now have to give Raphael Devers. Yeah. Yeah. No, just give him the half Billy. But like, 11 years is stupid. Like, that's a dumb contract that I think Padres fans are going to end up regretting. Like, like, you're going to, you have, you have Xander Phillies 42. That's awesome. I would love to have that as like the dumb fan that I am. But like, that's a stupid contract. And he, guess what? He deserves every bit of it because if a team's going to give him the bag, take it. But the fact that it's a comparable AAV, it, it, like, it, the, va- the annual value is the exact same of what the Red Sox put on the table for him. The Red Sox did what? Six years, 180? The, all right. So there's a lot to pick through, Coop. First of all, I appreciate your passion. Yeah. You know? No, I'm fired up. I, I was. No, I want you to keep going. I just I wanna, popped out. It was, yeah. So first of all, I don't even know where to start. Because, <laughs> well, I don't. I mean, like, it, so like, I love the fact that you're coming from that perspective. And I think that you, you speak for a lot of people that we're seeing on Twitter and everything else. And first of all, it's, you mentioned the AAV thing. Like there's certain things about this that drive me nuts. I would, okay, I'll, let's start at, the, at square one. Where do you go start from Start at here? square one, Rob. Start at square one. Square one, where do you go from here? It's okay. You know what? You can still win. You can still get players. Maybe they'll win. Maybe they'll get players. Maybe Trevor Story will be a great shortstop. You, there's things that you can do, okay? This isn't – you can still win. That's not the point here. That's not the frustrating part about this. There's there's so many elements of this, which is frustrating because this is what we've been doing. We've been following this. We've been picking apart. We've been trying to guess. We've been trying to follow along. We've been taking what Bloom has said and sort of dissecting it. All of that. So when when you go through that process, when you go through that exercise – it is fair when you get to the finish line to say, well, this is what went wrong and this is what makes me mad. Okay. And I'm not talking about the bit knowing where the banner is. Sorry. <laughs> but first of all, the, the, I don't want to hear about the AAV. Like Alex Spear did a great job, great job throughout this whole thing, but even throwing in the sort of like the AAV, uh, I guess he has to do it, but, Oh, the AAVU is slightly higher with the Red Sox. That's like saying, that's like saying Aaron Judge. You know, Aaron Judge can get a two-year deal with an AAV of like significantly more than he's getting now, but it's a two-year deal. It's like it it, it, it doesn't it doesn't matter when it comes to the actual contract. There's two things. There's the Padres and there's the Red Sox. Let's start with the Red Sox. What they did. Because I said this, I've said this for the last week when everyone's freaking out 
So this way, I don't think I think they're smart enough to understand that you have to give a representative offer. Otherwise, you're going to be absolutely killed because the whole narrative throughout the industry was that they're going to they're they're way low. They're not they're not stepping in like they should so forth and so on. I said, well, that possibly can't be the case. Because you are identifying, the Boston Red Sox are identifying this guy as plan A. The Boston Red Sox are saying, you, this is plan A. And when the Boston Red Sox do that in this ownership group's tenure, then they are going to give at least a representative offer. Even with John Lester, they did that. So you get to that point where, okay, did they? And the answer is no. The answer is, I don't care what the AEV is. You compare contracts, Coop, here it is. Here's all you need to know. It wasn't even the Marcus Simeon contract. It wasn't even the Marcus Simeon contract. So and this is like when we talk about Rafael Devers asking for 300 uh, uh, over 10. It's like, well, Manny Machado, that's what Manny Machado go. There's, there's cases where you can compare. And Marcus Simeon, who is not the player, and not the presence that Xander Bogarts, and is, I think, two or three years older than Xander Bogarts. I know it. I understand that Texas Rangers overpaid for him. But this is the this is the life that you lead when you get to free agency. So when you're the Red Sox, and, and, and Scott Boris is sitting there and saying, wait a second, you're not even going to offer the Marcus Simeon deal? That's crazy. I don't care what the San Diego Padres offer. When you don't do that, then you aren't offering enough. So they did not do what I thought they would do and offer a representative ex- uh, olive ranch. They didn't do it. I mean, it's it's not a terrible contract, but still, it, it's not what you should have offered. And then when it comes to the Padres offer, obviously, no one, no one in baseball, there is not one team that is going to do what the Padres did. Not one. But that's what the Padres choose to do. And this is what happens. As I wrote today, Coop, all it takes is one. We know this. In free agency, you get the free agency, all it takes is one team. And that one team was the San Diego Padres. And this is what happens. All you need is one team. And the Red Sox were that one team a lot of times. David Price, they were the one team. Kyle Crawford, they were the one team. All out of market. All out of market. Like you don't want to pay. You don't want to pay fan favorite favorites, and that's that's why it's a slap in the face to like someone like me, someone like Allison. Well, well, yeah. So, so, so when you look at, I, I do this do this exercise. because this is the meat and potatoes of the argument. It's is when you get to this point. And, you know, I rant about the the Red Sox not making a, a big enough offer. Well, you know, that's semantics because they were never going to make an offer big enough for the Padres. That's not the issue. That is not the issue. You got to this point, you lost. You lost. For what we know now, you you could not win this. All right, can give, fine. Can you give me the Willy Wonka, uh, you lost, like that whole spiel for me? That's, that's what I felt like you were about to do. I, I don't remember that. Not too early in the morning. Does this involve a girl turning into a blueberry? No, 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 no. no. It's it's a first of all original Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Um, Not not any of this new era, my generation, Charlie, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Um, 
but yeah, continue. I just derailed that a little bit, but no. So anyway, the initial reaction was, you know, because I was sitting at the gate at the air. We were getting on the red eye, and this comes out. And there was a major league manager there get on the same plane, and I'm talking to him. Not a Red Sox manager. But I'm saying, if we were just talking about it, the perception of it, and said, you know, there will be a perception, and there was, of people saying, well, look at this. This is such a ridiculous offer from the Padres. You know, of course the Red Sox aren't going to match that. No team would match that. So they're almost off the hook. I understand that, but that's not the issue here. The issue here was that they messed this up. They messed this up because, Coop, if you go back to, let's say, March or April, and you told the ownership or Heimblum or whoever, you told them that when you're in free agency in early December, you had let Xander Bogarts get the free agency and the Padres were going to offer this deal, well, would, would they have done what they did? Would they have done what they did in terms of giving that that awful uh, one extra year at thirty million? Right. We all know that that was that was never going to happen. It was never going to happen. It was it was the equivalent of the John Lester four years seventy million. But my question is, Kubik, if they knew that this was going to happen, would they have changed that offer? And the answer is, of course they would have. But how do you not understand that? You cannot let a guy get to free agency because this happens. This is sitting there waiting to happen. And this is like what, strike number four that this has happened with like a big name guy? Yeah. And obviously, you know, we use the Lester example, but I'm sorry we keep coming back to the Lester example, but it lines up the same thing where you, you slow played the negotiations in spring training and early in the season where you say, well, you know what, we're going to offer, and and our offer is going to go up. Well, when you have a guy, it was the same thing. It was the same thing. They'll say, what the Red Sox will say is that, well, you know what, even if we gave him a better offer, Boris was going to be intent on taking him to free agency. Coop, you listened to the podcast that we did back in, in the first week of April with Xander Bogarts. I am telling you, that I am convinced, much like I absolutely will have proven out now that this was a case with John Lester, I am convinced that if you give Xander Bogarts a representative offer, and I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about what the Padres gave him. I'm talking about let's say this say use a Simeon model. This no, or even better. Carlos Cray. Let's, let's say that let's say just give the offer that you ended up giving him, right? So six six years at um what was it? I believe one eighty. One sixty. One sixty. One sixty. Yeah, six years at one sixty. So give him that offer or give him something close. Put what you think is going to be close to your best foot forward. I believe that that guy really wanted to stay enough, which you have a good chance of signing him. But because you don't do that, because you slow play it. Because you say, well, let's see how he does. And then we'll get to free agency and we'll figure it out. And then we'll call him plan A. And we'll tell everyone that we're, we're going after him. 
then you know it, you you choose to take that tact. You misread the room. You misread the room. You we, throw money at anyone, like they're not going to say no. Like they're going to think about it. Like it, that's just like how it works. If if Odyssey is to to look at you and say, Rob, we like what you're doing. You're doing a fantastic job with the podcast. Do you want to do you want to sign for a little bit more cheese? Are you just going to say no? I want to wait till I'm a free agent. Well, I mean, listen, it's a little bit different because I, different. I yeah, I, I understand that. But like no, at the end of the day, are but, you going to contemplate it? You have to take, you have to take, you have to give them the a semblance of what they think that if you have a let's say a rep a, a decent year, what it, where it would land. I don't think Xander Bogarts ever thought he was going to land at 11, 11 years, two hundred eighty million dollars. Yeah, back in no. I think I think he's probably ecstatic with that. Yeah. That's probably oh, that, that's, I, that's probably tenfold of what he probably thought he was going to get, despite yeah. also, you know, almost getting a batting title this year. I mean, he this, bet on himself. This, he played it out well. This, yeah, and, and they were and they were almost like it, you go back to it. They were almost betting on him not having a good year, not being valued, um, you know, having Trevor Story as the fail safe, all of that. They were betting on that instead of just saying, no, you know what? You, we value you. You're the guy. And this is what it, if they did not value him, then fine. I mean, that's their prerogative. If they, if they felt like he's not the right fit, we think we can do better. We have Marcel Meyer coming up. That's fine. But I come back to that one line that they have, Coop, the plan A line. Like that to me was that was the difference maker. Because when you have the Boston Red Sox saying that they he, this guy is plan A, and then you give that offer at the end of the day, or why didn't you just, if he's plan A, then why wasn't he plan A in April? And if he was plan A in April, then why didn't you give him a better offer? Because these guys think that this negotiation uh, strategy is the way to go that we're going to slow play it. And that's the only way to think about this. And, and I've said this, I must, I must've said this a million times over the course of the season, both with Bogart's endeavors, which is just put your best foot forward. Just say, this is what we think that we can offer. We think we can value because if you do that, you have an idea if they're going to sign. And in Xander's case, more than endeavors, I think that there, that he, if you gave him a, a, a representative offer, that there was a really good chance he was going to sign. And if he doesn't, then you trade him. And they didn't trade him. And it's the same thing with Devers sitting here. They're, they're saying, no, 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 no. We're not going to trade Rafael Devers. Well, here's the thing, Coop. Here's the other fallout of this. Like, holy mackerel, Rafael Devers did make even more money. He makes more money by the day. First, it was because of this insane market at the beginning of uh, free agency, and then everything takes off, and, and this guy is like, oh, my goodness, P teams are paying money all over the place. This Why am I would ever settle for what the Red Sox are offering? He's making more money by the day, and now you have the Xander Bogart scenario where not only did he raise the market, but you talk about leverage? Holy mackerel, Coop. Like we talk about the, the the names on the back of the kids' jersey at Fenway Park, all of a sudden Mookie gone, Xander gone, 
My math tells me there's only one guy left. I mean, and, Yoshida Yoshida's going to be a pretty cool jersey. I'm not. Yeah. Right. You, well, <laughs> with all due respect to the Yoshida family and the Trevor I mean, Story family and the Kenley Jansen family, and that's the thing is like you can still be competitive. I I I do believe that. I still think they'll go out and get a guy. Not only not even like necessarily saying Correa or Swanson or whatever. I still think they can be competitive. But to me, it, the, this isn't what the, this conversation's about. This conversation is about, I guess, that this is where my, the, my fandom comes into it in the sense of I want to see guys do what Aaron Judge is doing. Like, I want that. I'm sick of guys basically, I'm going to go here, I'm going to go there, moving around. I mean, at, at the end of this contract, who? Xander Bogarts will play more seasons with the Padres and the Red Sox. I saw that, and that hurt. How depressing! It's the same, is it's the that? same thing as Mookie. I mean, like, quite honestly, like, I, I, this is like my personal opinion. Like, dumb fan brain at work here. Number two and number fifty should be up next to number nine. Like, it should have ended that way. Of like, course. Well, well, cool. Like, here's here's all you need to know. There is a very good chance that. You just let two guys go who are going to be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, no doubt. Mookie Betts is a Hall of Famer. He, like, right. we are watching a Hall of you Famer know, at work and, right and, now. Xander Bogarts and, is like, he will end up finishing with a ton of shortstop records. Like, I could see him being like one of those baseball reference type guys that you just scroll through and you marvel at some of the numbers because he has been in the games for so long. Yesterday, I like, I tweeted out an old video where we were with Dustin Pedroia this past year. And he is a guy that said you build a team around him. Because he's been there since what he was sixteen. Well, like, he's and, been there since he was like yeah, that's, holding that's crayons. That, and I'm glad you, t- you tweeted out that video because that's another reminder: is that how many people like the impact this is going to have to the people around the game, the people around the clubhouse, the people who have any ties to the Red Sox? Like this is the thing about the Xander conversation this isn't just it's more than mook it, it goes it goes beyond like because i mean even david ortiz was getting nickel and dimed by this ownership group like it well yeah but but see but david ortiz never left david ortiz, yeah but the, like he had a fight to stay yeah yeah but which but is you know insane what? like the fact that, that that's another hey, hall of fame here's, here's the thing who is that sometimes that's just business okay yeah. sometimes it's just business and if you can get the guy to stay on your terms, you get the guy to stay on your terms and he can be upset and you give him like a car like they did, you know, whatever it is. But in this case, the guy didn't stay. And and now you have two guys who didn't stay and you are losing. You were supposed to be. I mean, I can't tell you how many people who are associated with the Red Sox, former players, keep saying the same thing. It's the Boston effing Red Sox. It's, it's like, a sad day when we're a small market. Well, it's 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 not it's you you're not even a small market because your payroll is going to be high. That's true. You just paid Kenley Jansen two years at thirty two uh yeah thirty two million dollars. Okay, it, did they overpay? Yeah, they did. But you know what? I can't be a hypocrite about it. If you get in the free, if you're going to go in the free agent market, you got to overpay. You got to get uncomfortable. Do I think that this guy was a guy to overpay for? No, but at least they're they're spending money. Yoshida, same thing. Fine, that's great. But all of this is different conversations from the Xander Bogarts one because and- Xander, because Xander Bogarts was 
is is a guy that they had verbalized so many times over the last year that we are going to do everything we can to keep him. And 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 please let everybody be reminded about the reality of free agency. Okay, don't give me the oh you know the last couple of days when he you know when he's not giving the, you you expertly caught the side eye when he like did you meet with ownership like who cares. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah. it do- that doesn't if, matter. if you're not the last man standing, it doesn't matter. And, it doesn't, and, and yeah, it I, doesn't. I wanted to bring up this. So Devers, like this morning, and this this brings up the whole, like how this affects like the clubhouse and everything. And, and even more so, it affects the guy that we're talking about that you want to hand another big contract out to. Um, he had put on his Instagram story, a farewell for Xander with the quote, thank you for always teaching me things. I am always going to admire you as a, as a player and as a person, you are a role model. Uh, of course, in Spanish, but translated by my buddy, Marcos. Um, okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. But yeah, like you're the the wheels are already turning in his head of do I want to be here? You know, but but here's the thing, Koo. I don't it doesn't help. I'll say that. I don't think it helps the Devers think case. No. But Basically, what the Red Sox have to do if they want to keep Rafael Devers, and maybe they don't, right? Maybe they just like, oh, hey, listen, we we have to we have to move on, we have to tear this whole thing apart and build it back up. I don't know, but what they have to do at this point is say, Rafael Devers, what do you want? What is going to get the job done? What is going to get the deal done? Because I tell you what, can you imagine? If can you imagine if Rafael Devers Asked right now for 10 years, 300 million. And the Red Sox said, no, that would be insane to me. Like it seemed sort of weird that that was the case even before, but now it seems insane because look at what teams are doing. Look at the market. Look at what, how can the Red Sox ever think that when, if Rafael Devers has a good year, and they let him get the free agency. Are they going to do this again? Whether they say, oh, you know, we're doing everything. He's top priority. This is, oh, here's our, here's our offer. You think that Rafael Devers, if he had free agency next year, would sign for $300 million at 10 years? No. 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 Oh, my goodness. Like, he's, he's going to make, you know, I don't know what you add to it, but this is the lesson that you learned. And not just and, that, the more you wait around for like all these contracts to happen, the more normalized it gets. Because like, like, that's the thing is like now the shortstop market is going to be around. Like people are going to look at what Xander got and naturally it's going to be like, I'm going to shortstop. I play maybe not to Xander's level, but somewhere close to it. I want that amount of money. That's what's going to happen to players around the league as well. Right. Just because that's how things work. So it, it, it goes it, back to your whole thing. Like Devers is in the driver's seat and his price is going up. Right, and, and so so what you do as a team, your goal as a team, knowing, seeing how this market is, seeing how all these co- contracts are super uncomfortable, 
and 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 you know, Padres don't mind. Dave Dombrowski doesn't mind. But the Red Sox do mind. All right. So what you do is you do everything you can to not let guys get the free agency. Obviously, with Devers, the you know the horse is already out of the barn. It's too late. It's too late. You just basically have to suck it up and give the guy whatever you think he's going to get in free agency or close to it. Or, you know, and if he doesn't take it, if he doesn't take it, cool, you got to trade him. You just do. If, if you don't do that, then you're, then you're not doing, you cannot go through another year like this. And this is what makes it so frustrating is because Devers is a different case. Devers is so far down the road that you have no choice. With Bogart, you had the choice. You had the opportunity to not let him get the free agency. And sure enough, what happened when you get the free agency? Oh, my goodness. This wasn't Scott Boris' bluster. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he was using teams like Arizona as leverage. That's fine. But he had enough teams there giving offers better than the Red Sox, including the one that he took. Once you get the free agency, it's over. It's over. And when I say it's over, the old Red Sox way of doing things, it wasn't over. They could compete. They could They could do, if they really want the guy, they could get that guy. This Red Sox team, the way they're doing things now, when you offer six years at 160, which isn't, again, I'll come back to the Simeon contract. Like, <clears throat> that. that's an easy one. Yeah, The guy isn't as good a player as Xander Bogarts. He's older than Xander Bogarts. And you offered him a contract that's not as good as Xander Bogarts. And that just goes back to why, like, that's why I said I don't think Heim should be in the position that he is right now. Like, and, and that's the thing. Like, you, if you weren't, you, like you said, you say priority number one. You don't act on it. So why, like, why put on this ruse to everyone that you are treating him like priority number one? Like, it's, it's. Either you're an idiot or you're not good at your job. And if you were trying to put on this ruse, why didn't you trade him? Like, if you knew that it was going to come down to he wants more money than you're able to give him, why didn't you trade him at the deadline? Like, why did you package off Christian Vazquez randomly? Like, why didn't you trade JD? Like, there's so many questions around that trade deadline now. And I think, like, fans will always look back to this 2022 season as saying, like, what the hell happened? Like, well, it just – it doesn't make sense. Well, I mean, two things. Number one, <clears throat> they'll probably tell you, well, we want to keep them for the draft picks, which, uh, you know, don't give me that. Come I, on. Right, exactly. But, like, I'm sick of draft picks. I'm sick of minor leaguers. I'm sick of all of that. All right? I'm. You have to get, start getting some foundational players. And and it comes back to what I said, which is when 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 they say, oh, we're not talking, we're not negotiating during the season, No. Come on. Xander, Xander basically admitted that he would have. He yeah. would have done that. And so what you do, you get to that point where you just say, this, we know we offered this back then, which they shouldn't have done. They should have come out and offered him something more representative of what exactly a contract might look like in free agency. But the, when you get into the trade deadline, figure out, have a better idea if you can sign the guy. And they didn't. They didn't do that. And 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 then it just drives me nuts. It drives me nuts that those fight that final day, when we found out that oh he met with ownership group and everyone's going around. Oh here they come! Look at this. 
And what did I tell you, Coop? That meeting meant nothing unless Scott Boris is sitting next to him. It meant yeah, nothing. I got my hopes up. Much like all these other visits, you know, it doesn't mean anything until you get the offers and then then the ultimate offer came and boom, there it is. It, it's just, I, I can't. I, like, I, I really don't know how they recover fans after like obviously like their Fenway Park is always going to be like selling out or I shouldn't say selling out but they're always going to get their tourist fans in there but I mean you you saw Fenway on that last day when Xander left like that was the depressing like last game for Xander now yeah what would you say 20 20 percent uh full rained out they're trying to pass off that it's at you know half capacity it's not like that's just a sad send-off It'll be, for me, it'll be interesting, like what the home opener will look like. Because yes. obviously they're going to sell out, or like that's just yeah. how they always roll. But like, I I really don't know if they can put together a team that like actually. No, no, no. So that, see, that's where I think see people, I think people are misguided. It's two different things. <clears throat> they can put together a team that can win. I mean, and, and listen, yeah. you, you still have Dansby Swanson, really good player. And I know that everyone will pick a part of his game. He's a really good player. Okay? He's a better player than me. Yes, there you go. <laughs> I see, by the way, I did see some of the winter meetings carrying around a GW baseball backpack. Heck so, yeah. Go Colonials, but we yeah, don't say that go. anymore. It's like a pipeline. Um, and Correa, obviously a great player. And, you know, from, from a lot of accounts, a guy, a guy who could become a leader. But when you talk, it's two different things. Is that you can have a good team. I mean, this, I like, I mean, I've never seen Yoshida play. We can only guess. But you're adding somebody that might have, it's good to add people. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, the, the reports of him are so mixed out of Japan. I don't know if you've read all right, so this at is, all. This is, yeah, talking to the Japanese, right? It's funny. Because after that happened, the great thing about the winter meetings is everyone is right there. So it's like, okay, we just talk to, you know, like when we, do, um, when judge signs, I show up at the hotel lobby at 6 a.m., boom, there's Brian Hoke, MLB.com, Yankees. There's Sean Casey sitting by himself at 6 a.m. in the lobby. We'll just talk to him. This is what's good about the winter meetings. And in this case, there was a bunch of Japanese writers. So I talked to one of them, and scouting report was, um, you know, and you can see this on, on the YouTube clips or whatever, is that he's, you know, a stocky guy, uh, short, but powerful, but bad fielder, can't, not a guy that's going to stick in right field. And then so, like, all right, and, and then you hear, like, oh, great bat-the-ball skills, doesn't swing and miss, and has great uh, strike zone coverage, blah, blah, blah. So, great. I mean, maybe this works out. I think he's a major league hitter. Fine. That's great. Then I'm walking out. We're walking out to go to the airport. See one more Japanese rider. He said, yeah, poor man's Benintendi. Jesus. <laughs> so I mean, I was, I was I, like, when I'm reading the reports, I'm thinking Franchi Cordero. Like, it's just, like, everything that Heim looks for in a player and all these, like, very weird metrics and everything. Oh, he has hard hit balls and whatnot. His exit velo is awesome. And that's all cool. Hasn't really translated well from all the guys that we've been bringing in. I yeah. I think you well, could probably agree with that. So, 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 okay, so you hit on it. 
which is maybe Yoshida, maybe Kenley Jansen, maybe. And believe me, this is not a Kenley Jansen where you say absolutely. It's a Kenley Jansen where you say maybe. Yeah. Um, Chris Martin, okay, a nice piece. But what you pay for when you get Xander Bogarts, when you get a guy, you need the guys who you know aren't maybes. You need the guys who are the foundation guys. And I'm not only talking about production. I'm talking about the guys who you know who can play in Boston. I mean, this is this is another part of it. Like, we can guess what Dansby Swanson would be like in Boston. We can guess what Carlos Correa is like in Boston. We but can we guess what Pablo what, Sandoval will be like in Boston. Right, but we, we, know what, we know what Xander Bogarts was in Boston. And that's why I think people are so pissed off. Because we, we in this market, when we see a guy who can handle the whole ball of wax as well as he does, that's the guy that we rally around. That's the guy that we say we want his number up there. Even more so, like, I think that even more so than Mookie. Like, he's not the player that Mookie was, but I think that the perception of Xander was better than what the perception of Mookie was, not by a big shot, but I think to some degree. So that was a conversation that me and my buddies had. Like, we, it, one, one, one of my, Pat, you know, Pat. Um, he, he put out there, he goes, is this, is this worse than Tom Brady? Which like kind of, kind of an outlandish take Tom Brady outweighs, you know, Sandra Bogarts importance in Boston, as far as on that sports Mount Rushmore, but like, yeah, it does sting. And I said like Mookie bets, Mookie bets would probably hurt more in the moment from like a fan perspective. But in reality, I think Xander Bogarts has meant more to the Boston Red Sox than like Mookie Betts. Like, it, that's not like a crazy thing to say. Like Xander Bogarts, as I mentioned before, like he came up in 2013. He was on that World Series team. He, he like wasn't a huge part, wasn't David Ortiz in the 2013 World Series, but he was able to cobble together wins for you over at third base when he was just a pup. Well, and then he come and just what? A, just a pup, just a pup, little baseball term, baseball guy's guy. Um, and then he's able to really like galvanize that core. Once you lose David Ortiz, who was your Hall of Fame player at that time, and you're able to put together a 2018 World Series. And I'm not going to say he was the centerpiece or core of that team, but it's hard not to say he was a captain because he had been there. He had that experience. Can and I tell you? you so here's, here's the difference. This is, and this is why I'm going to support your argument. Why? So like it, the perception of it is, is maybe more important than that or maybe more impactful than when Mookie left. Because when Ortiz left, you still had Mookie, you had Xander, you had guys. Yep. When Mookie left, you had Xander and you had Devers. Well, now people are looking at this as saying, well, Xander left and you have Devers who has one foot out the door. Like, that's the big thing here. When, when Mookie left, you still had guys, right? You still had, like, you still had Xander. And this is... I hate to keep using the, the, the name on the back of the shirt, but that's a powerful thing. And that's why I thought ownership would do, <clears throat> would do any, anything they could to, to do what they could to, to rectify the situation. Now, let's come back to it. In hindsight, there was really nothing they could have done at this point. What they could have done was been smarter back in April. 
That's yeah. the synopsis of this. But you know what, Rob? It doesn't matter what's on the back of the shirt because they don't they don't really put names on the back of the shirt. But they have something on the sleeve now, which is great. Like that's awesome. We got 17 million a year for a nice little patch on the side. I don't know what that's going to be paying for because they don't want to use that money. But that's cool. That's awesome. No, see, that's where you were wrong. They'll use the money. The payroll will still be up. Yeah, but that, it, that's, it's that's not that being used to. Get, it's not being used on what fans want to see. Like yeah, that's the don't thing. Get, don't get sucked into that narrative. I mean, I'm, I'm is, so down bad right now, Rob. I am. Oh, but, we're we're but, stepping but down the ladder. Trade. So it's it's like trades, and we I was talking to a lot of guys in the lobby, the great lobby of that Grand Hyatt. Such a joyous time standing around the lobby. Gotta love Coronado. <laughs> I I wish I saw it. And so, um, but you know, you have you have the Dave Dombrowski because we always do the Dave Dombrowski versus High Bloom way of doing things, and Dave Dombrowski identifies the guy. And he's going to be a key part of the team, of the Major League team. He's going to be the Major League player. And he's going to give up the five guys, and a half of them, maybe one and a half of them, are going to be Major League players. But, you know, we don't we don't know if any of them are going to be all-stars, going to be really foundational players. And that's what we're doing here. We're get, they're, they're, they're spreading out this money, and they're getting guys. But at some point in baseball – I do think that you need the guy. You need the guy. As I said, Coop, you don't run isolations for outfielders, but a guy like Bogarts is important for a lot of different reasons. And it's not just to get base hits. It's yeah. not. It's yeah. just what I'll leave it at this. My biggest frustration of this, not even close, was that they just did not learn the lesson that they said they learned from the John Lester thing. It was the exact same thing. They just, they, I hate when people outsmart themselves. When they think we're smarter than the system, we're going to ride out the market, this is all going to work out, and then it comes to a crashing thud. And then, you know, the the side note of this was, why didn't you offer more money? It wouldn't have made a difference, but yeah. that that's the, uh, that's the other uncomfortable part of this is that, this is what you gave you were gonna to give to your your plan A. Like that was that's not the main issue, but that makes things just a little bit worse. I'm done. Uh, my my final note is um Sam Kennedy's a nice guy. He's I think he gets a little too much gruff sometimes. And uh with a guy with a policy background, someone that's been in politics, I respect the way he's able to spin stuff. So my final note is I cannot wait to see how he spins this. It's gonna be <laughs> artful. It, it is. Like it, I always get a kick out of, you know, during the season, I would be doing PA stuff for the Greg Hill show and they would always have Sam Kennedy on in the morning. And I loved the way he was able to kind of twist any, you know, question that Curtis threw his way. Cause Curtis throws him some hard balls. And he always, and he always says, always, I've never heard anyone go to the well when it comes to, that's a good question. Yep. Every yep. That's a great question. question. That's something that we're always concerned about ourselves um you know we always prioritize those guys that have been here for a long time no you don't but i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna be looking forward to how he spends this because they're gonna have to come out and say something he's gonna have to be skewered because that's what he gets paid to do you know he's the roger goodell of the the boston red sox organization the fenway sports group so they're gonna trot him out there have him get needled and well i think they'll I just think continue on the, that's the, just the, how it works. It's going to drive me nuts, Coop. And I agree. I mean, like, it's going to be interesting to see what tack they take. 
I would imagine the nine dollar uh, college ticket prices are going to be part of the equation. Uh, winter weekend, very oh. exciting. Oh, can't um, wait for Springfield. Uh, um, but it's. I just hope they don't do this. I hope they just don't default to. What are we going to do? I mean, we're just blown away. No one would yeah. pay that. Well, so that's me, what you're going to get, though. Oh, oh, I, oh, it's absolutely what you're going to get. And so we say, well, and then the counter to that would be, well, why weren't you more aggressive? And why did you let them get to free agency? Well, that's just how you play out and negotiate. Hindsight's 2020, Rob. I yeah, don't know yeah, what to tell yeah. you. And, so, and, then, and then you say, well, the ultimate thing is, like, why did you offer just that? Because my guess is that just that, forget about the Padres. Let's take the Padres out of the equation. My guess is that the other teams, if they want Xander Bogarts, they would have offered more than what you offered. So that's not a good way to, to approach plan A. Anyway, I got to red eye. Get some sleep. Get some sleep. <laughs> Moral. Uh, so uh, theme of the show, everything sucks. Well, I, I'm going to rely on you to give the, the head. This is a test. Headline oh, and description for the show. Because oh, I'm going to bed. Um, I did feel a, a little behind the scenes. Heim was on my flight, right? So Heim comes up, the, it was breaking, and it was just broke. And I was, um, was actually talking to uh, the manager of the mansion was Rocco Baldelli. And so... Um, is this for on-air or for off-air? No, this is for on-air. It's fine. Oh, okay, okay, cool. I like this. Yeah, so we're at the gate. And so it breaks. I mean, I didn't say anything. You know, Rocco's a good friend of Haim. I mean, I think that he – we're just talking about sort of the, the market and the, the whole landscape of it because it's interesting stuff. And then we see Julian McWilliams was walking up because he was on the flight, too, of the Globe. And he's walking up with Haim. And, like – and there was other front office people there. But it's, you know, the – I I was very like first of all like I was not gonna run up to Haim and ask him and he was believe me you you could my guess this is this is a complete guess I don't know this because I didn't utter a word to him either before the flight or during the flight whatever my guess that was there was a lot of internalized processing for this thing like we think oh you know they know everything um, but you know this is this you know this is gonna be a tough tough couple of days for him. There's no question about it. And, and so that I can't imagine for me, the flight sucked because it's a red eye and those always suck. Uh, I was able to power through. It was, no I have five hour energy, no five hour energies. No, no. Well, so that's the thing And I told Julian this, I had to call an audible because normally I would have just popped the melatonin booms five and a half hours later, you're done. But no, you immediately have to get get write the story. Tickle the ivory. Write, write the story. In which, by the way, I wrote the column. I'm like, yeah, maybe like, is he like in the front of the plane reading this, like thinking what what an asshole this guy is? You know? I mean, but, you have you go into that job like knowing what's gonna no, happen. Of course. I'm like, like, I'm just, I just thought the dynamic was so bizarre that you know that we're going on it's like a five and a half hour flight. And so you're anyway, just peering up from your laptop, you're peering yeah. down the aisles. Like, oh, yeah, well, let's put it this way: I was nowhere near where he was sitting. All right. And so, um, 
yeah, I take half a five hour energy, get through the story, then then chase it with some melatonin, get my sleep, boom, 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 in Boston doing a podcast. So there you and, go. Yeah. What a what a winter weekend. Not winter weekend. What a winter meetings. Oh man, I can't wait for a winter weekend. <laughs> That's gonna be interesting. Who do you think they're gonna trot out? Like what what, what player Tristan Cassis is gonna be out there? He's a friend of the program. Uh what, Jaron Duran? Did you go to the last one? Did you go to the last one? I've never been. I've never been. I never went to the Foxwoods ones. Um, So it'll, maybe I'll pop by. Maybe I'll pop by and see what's up. I'll tell you what, it's been, I am, I bit off a little bit more than I could chew over the last five and a half days. But I will say this it was good. It was a good juxtaposition being around like the Pedroyas and the, and those guys. Oh my God, that is something that like, you you had a great weekend uh, at the Ortiz Foundation. Yes. Yeah. So, well, no, we just never really talked about that. Oh, like, what What do you want to know about? Not, nothing. It was just like you had good time. No, no, no. I'm saying just went into big It was it was good. It was honestly cool to be like we're just because it was Holt, it was Pedroia, it was Porcello, it was Salto Mach. Ricky Porchlight's uh, retiring on air. Come oh, on. I, I know. I know what you know what's as as we defined, if we define anything, we define that what is more official than actually signing retirement papers, it is talking into a microphone for this podcast. Yeah. Saying this is Rick Porcello and I'm retired. Can we can we take two seconds to say how bizarre that day was? I mean, just the fact that, like, you were breaking news to the Red Sox on his retirement and you forced them to post about it. But, it, it, like, that's just, like, it's bizarro world, and then we just transition into this. But in, in fairness, I'll say, like, it's bizarre because literally, like, of course he was retired. All he yeah. did was, it was just a random day where we were doing a podcast and say, hey, you know, can you say retired almost like as a goof? And then this flood of Eduardo Rodriguez. Oh, you know, we I miss Garrett Whitlock. Everyone's and, and he never got back, but I'm like, he must his phone must have been like all these well wishes on a random Monday. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I would we that's by the way, that's something that we should do everything in our power to to get done is a, a Rick Purcello, Garrett Whitlock uh meeting. Because they've still yet to ever to talk, correct? Yeah. Like yeah. that would be an interesting. I, they're both very quiet guys, yeah. but I think like if you get them talking about some pitching oh. stuff, I yeah. mean pitching that might that might be a task for pitching ninja. We might have to get him on it just to get the conversation started. Well, yeah. Well, we got some good things coming up. So yeah, we got a whole way right. ahead of us. Well, you know what's coming up? The bed because I hate oh. it. Get All some right. sleep, Rob. All right.